If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to the Gluten-Free Voice with Jules. Thank you for joining me tonight. We have a special episode talking about one of the gluten-free community's favorite topics, which is eating out at restaurants. I've covered this a little bit before on this show and obviously on my blog and in my books and things like that, but it's always something that's on the mind of people who are going gluten-free or even have been living gluten-free for a while. The status of restaurants and understanding what is safe about certain restaurants and how to find that is always changing, so it's good to stay in tune and in touch with um, with the latest news on gluten-free restaurants and restaurants that are trying to make a switch to gluten-free or offer those types of menu options. It's funny because whenever I put something out there on my blog or on Facebook or Twitter or something, it seems like rarely is something going to spark more excitement and enthusiasm from people and everybody wants to chime in. You can fall on one end of the spectrum or the other. Some people say, I never, ever, ever eat out. I can't trust any restaurant to serve me safely. And others take their chances often, maybe sometimes because it's necessary because they're traveling or things like that. But um, others feel more um, more safe taking the, their chances at restaurants. So people fall on one end of the spectrum or the other. Now, wherever you are, it doesn't really matter. You need to just understand that there are different things you can do to make eating out and your experience of eating out safe um, and to do it right. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. And, you know, our community, as I said, is so vocal about this that it's it's really very interesting because when I'm consulting with restaurants who think they might want to try a gluten-free menu or to go gluten-free with some of their menu items, I always, always, always tell them that they have to get it right. There's just no dabbling in gluten-free because the community will sing their praises loud and clear if they do a good job. And on the flip side, if they dabble or don't understand their market, some of you might think back to the recent Domino's pizza debacle, then the community will also make their voices heard. And so I think it's very important that restaurants that are considering doing gluten-free, which I encourage them to do if they can do it well, um, need to make sure that they're doing it right. Before we get into the how-tos and suggestions and things like that, I still get tons of questions about this Domino's situation. So let me just wrap that up for you, give you a little update about where it is right now, and then we'll move on to other restaurants. Those of you who are in touch with the the issues when Domino's released their um, quote gluten-free pizza earlier this year um, it came in with a lot of fanfare and excitement but when you got down to brass tacks and really looked at it it turned out that the gluten the pizza started out gluten-free but through its process in in individual Domino's outlets it was contaminated by using the same pans, the same utensils, the same equipment, the same toppings, and there were no efforts whatsoever to to segregate. So you could have a pizza that perhaps had been contaminated or one that had not been contaminated significantly, um, but there's no way to know whether your pizza 
coming out of Domino's would be um, gluten-free enough to really be called gluten-free, which at this point um, we're using the standard of less than 20 parts per million because that's what we think the FDA is going to put out later this year as the gluten-free standard. Because of this and because of the NFCA's AMBER designation that was assigned to the Domino's pizza and the confusion that was wrought with all of that, the Ditch Amber campaign was started to get rid of that Amber designation, which only seemed to cause further confusion about somehow endorsing the safety of this pizza. And it brought over 3,000 petition signatures in three days. Again, our gluten-free community speaks loud and clear. And, you know, the Ditch Amber campaign was saying get rid of that designation because it was confusing and potentially harmful to those with celiac disease or gluten sensitivity because of the mixed message that it sent. The Ditch Amber campaign was successful, and the um, NFCA's Amber designation was, in fact, ditched. But while that was a victory in some regards because our voices were heard loud and clear, Domino's has not made any changes to their practices. They're still falling on the disclaimer and saying that because they use the shared equipment and, and they make no efforts to segregate, their pieces are even what they call a good option for those with mild gluten sensitivities. The problem herein is that doctors like Dr. Fasano at the Center for Celiac Research and Dr. Guandolini at the University of Chicago Celiac Center have been quoted as saying that physicians don't know enough about this newly recognized diagnosis of gluten sensitivity to say just how much gluten could actually be harmful to someone with gluten sensitivity. So it's really not a good position for a restaurant like Domino's to take to say, well, you know, there's a little bit of gluten in there. We don't know how much, but it's going to be okay for people with gluten sensitivity, but not for people with celiac disease. We don't know enough about gluten sensitivity yet to know how much is too much gluten. And because there are no efforts whatsoever taken to segregate the pizzas coming out of restaurants like Domino's, it is really, really risky behavior for anyone who has a medically um, necessitated gluten-free diet to undertake, um, you know, to eat at restaurants like that and take their chances. So, of course, any of these decisions to eat out always come down to you. You have the right to do whatever you want to do and whatever risks you want to take with your body or with your family. And if you feel comfortable or confident with taking those risks by going to certain restaurants, then no one is going to stop you. But I feel like it's my duty as well as others in the community who have a voice to let you know what the facts are and you make your decisions based upon that. So based upon all of that stuff, and we're getting that out of the way, I want to talk about Restaurants that, you know, maybe do it right, do a really good job. Or how do you find those restaurants? How do you know? How do you ferret out what is a restaurant that you can feel safe and confident in eating at? And, you know, where are these restaurants hiding? And, you know, again, it's a practical necessity for many people to eat out at least once in a while. So let's talk about that. When I raised the issue on um, Facebook yesterday and today, I heard just tons and tons and tons of people commenting, and it's a great place to start if you're listening now, to go to Jules Gluten-Free Flour on Facebook. There is a huge list of restaurants that my readers have chimed in faithfully and shared, and it's a wonderful repository of information that I would highly recommend that you go look at. And, you know, this is based upon reader experiences. And that is um, a great place to start. It's always a good place to start also with your local celiac support groups or anyone else that you know living gluten-free who has you know, been out and about and trying to find places themselves. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we are a very vocal community. All you have to do is ask, and people are more than willing to tell you their experiences and to you know, share information like that with you. 
Um, if you have been following my blog, you'll note that I posted recently a review of a restaurant called Cedar Restaurant in Washington, D.C. And, you know, the review is wonderful, you know, experience, is my wonderful experience at Cedar, but it also talks about how to pick restaurants and, and other things like that. So the, re- the review is, is valuable, but the other information in the review is also helpful for you, even if you don't live near Washington, D.C. Cedar is a great example of a restaurant that is getting it right, and they're doing a really good job. They um, they knew I was coming, and they actually prepared some delicious gluten-free bread. They had any menu item that they were serving, which changes with seasons, could be tailored to gluten-free. They were very knowledgeable about cross-contamination. They completely understood my needs and my other dietary restrictions and tended to those with just, you know, they were just wonderful. Um, but to be honest, this is a, a very pricey restaurant, and, you know, while it was worth it, you know, it's not some place that I or I think most people could afford to go to very often. It was a wonderful, wonderful dining experience for a, um, you know, a special occasion or certainly if someone else is treating. <laughs> but, you know, if you're looking for some place to go on a more regular basis and maybe you're bringing your whole family and it's not just a date night or something like that, you might want to look um, to less fancy restaurants. Fancy restaurants are always going to be great if you can afford them or if it fits into your plans because they have the luxury of taking their time and preparing individual sauces and and really tailoring each menu item to the customer. This, um, this particular chef, for example, at Cedar Restaurant was trained originally um, at a restaurant in, in Disney World, which has a fantastic reputation for you know, tailoring a lot of their menus and a lot of their restaurants to be suitable for people and especially children who have dietary restrictions because they want the customer to be happy. They want to be as inclusive as possible, and they want to offer a wonderful, um, carefree experience for folks who are on their properties. And if you want to read more about that, I actually have a review on my blog of Disney versus Universal for family vacations and what what is the best way to go with that in terms of, you know, finding some place where you and your family can be safe and have options. And there's a lot of people who have written about Disney. It's a wonderful experience. And again, you can check that review on my blog as well at blog.julesglutenfree.com. But this particular chef, Chef McLeod at Cedar, was trained there and came from that, and it really obviously left an indelible mark upon him because he carried that mantra with him. And and I asked him, you know, some chefs are, are very snooty about their dishes and say we will not change anything because it's perfect because I created it. And And I said, you know, why are you taking the opposite approach where, you know, I came in and said I don't, you know, I can't have this, part of this dish can you change your dish to suit me and he said i'm not eating the dish you are and i want to make you happy and i think you know talking to chefs like that gives me real hope that there are going to be even more restaurants that are tuning in and really trying to tailor their menus to be inclusive and to be safe for as many people as possible so if you can't go to a fancy restaurant, if you can't, um, you know, find some place that makes their own sauces and can tailor the dish exactly to what you are looking for, what do you do? My first tip is that I always start with restaurants that don't use much gluten in the first place. 
it's logical that there would be less of a chance for cross-contamination. So I think ethnic. I always choose first to go to someplace like a Vietnamese restaurant, a Thai restaurant, sushi, or even Mexican can work, especially if you can do dairy. I always opt for those. And the more authentic, the better, because unfortunately we wonderful Americans have Americanized even you know Thai food to be something that isn't like the traditional Thai restaurants would be, and so they have other sauces and ingredients that are more tailored to an American, you know, so-called American taste. So you have to be careful. I remember one time I was in Chicago and I stopped. It was really fast, um, just in and out, and I, I ran into this Thai place to get something to eat really quickly because, again, it's usually pretty safe. And I ordered this dish and I said, you know, is there any soy sauce or like no 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 but it came out and it had ketchup in it i mean thai food with ketchup it was disgusting so you know it's you have to, you have to be careful even you know even if it's safe it may not be good so stick with authentic and stick with restaurants that again start with bases that don't often have gluten in them anyway a lot of the you know um the Thai and Vietnamese restaurants have that rice paper that they'll wrap fresh spring rolls in. I just posted yesterday on Instagram a picture of my favorite Thai restaurant in Baltimore called Thai Roy, and they do a wonderful job. And um, I love their fresh spring rolls. They're just they are just what they call fresh, and they're wonderful. And they're just a soft rice paper and just wonderful fresh vegetarian ingredients, and it's just fantastic. So that's a wonderful place to start. And you're looking for a restaurant to eat. They're have these are heavily you know rice based cuisine not wheat-based, but you do have to still watch out. And even when I go someplace like Tyroy, if I don't have a server who I know very well and who knows me very well, I go over everything again with them because there are some dishes that have things in them like soy sauce. And, um, you know, while I did bring them gluten-free soy sauce and I introduced them to the concept, which they now have the Sanjay gluten-free soy sauce at this restaurant, you still have to ask for that. You know, if you're ordering something that has soy sauce in it, then you have to ask for the gluten-free soy sauce, the tamari, so that they can use that and make the dish safely for you. So ask the questions. Sauces are the biggest culprits at places like that. So you always want to make sure you really dig deep and make sure that there's nothing in there like soy sauce, which traditionally has wheat in it in these Americanized restaurants. Um, And even you even have to ask at sushi restaurants, if the rice has wheat in it or soy sauce or anything like that because a lot of times to cut corners or to you know make it a, a different type of tasting um, sushi rice, they will actually add um, gluten in there. So you have to ask. I was very disappointed there was a sushi restaurant that opened close to my house and I was very excited because then I thought I didn't have to drive as far to get my sushi and they have gluten in their rice. So obviously I'm not going there. Back to my old old um, haunting grounds. But you always have to ask. Again, with sushi, uh, a lot of people don't realize in California rolls they use that fake crab meat. It's made of, of fish but not crab. And it usually has like an orange stripe along the side of it. It looks kind of, um, you know, artificial. That is called fake crab. And gluten is used in that. Wheat is used in order to hold it together and give it the consistency of a, of crab meat. So there, I have found in certain places, I believe Wegmans actually carries a gluten-free fake crab, but most all sushi restaurants I've ever been to and I've ever heard about use the gluten-containing fake crab in the California roll. So if you're going to order crab, it has to be the real crab meat. Also, watch out for tempura flakes when you're eating 
at sushi restaurants and make sure they don't put any tempura flakes on anything. And dishes like eel are almost always marinated, marinated in soy sauce. So those are just a few little tips. But, you know, outside of that, when you're talking about those ethnic restaurants, you can really um, usually find something that will suit you there when you just start out and, and for very reasonable prices. Other than that, you know, obviously there are more and more restaurants that are introducing gluten-free menus, even Americanized versions of these restaurants. I had a conversation with someone on Facebook the other day about the Margaritaville restaurants that are offering gluten-free buns and things. It's really traditional American food, and you'd think it would be difficult to find gluten-free food there. But they're doing a pretty nice job, apparently, of offering some of their menu items to be gluten-free. One of the easiest ways to find restaurants that maybe, you know, if you're traveling to another city or even people who, you know, maybe haven't gotten out a lot in their own um, locations, they should really, really look into these new apps that are coming out because these are ways for you and, and others around the country to chime in like they're doing on my Facebook page right now and sharing information about restaurants that are good. And one one of these apps to watch um, out for that's going to be coming out soon is called Locate Special Diet. And this one's going to be fun because it's not just gluten-free, but you can also say you want to search for organic or you want to search for vegetarian-friendly options. So that's even more expansive, and I think that's going to be fun to watch. One that's out now and is free and has a great following and seems to be working quite nicely is called Find Me Gluten-Free. And you can go to findmeglutenfree.com. You can also go to locatespecialdiet.com to look into these a little bit more. And I believe that they're all sort of open source types of apps where you can actually contribute your um, feedback as well, which is what makes them better. So definitely look into those. Someone asked me today on Facebook, a reader asked me about restaurants in Biloxi, Mississippi. So I went on to find me gluten-free, and I just put in Biloxi, Mississippi, and I pulled up a ton of restaurants. So, you know, it's a really handy thing to have if you're at a computer or if you have a um, you know a phone that, that you could do that with where you could pull it up on the Internet or pull up the apps because then you could find something that's close by and it would make your search for a meal much easier. Now, obviously, these are going to pull up a ton of these chain restaurants, like I mentioned, Margaritaville, Outback, Carrabba's, P.F. Chang's, you know, those types of restaurants that are introducing these gluten-free menus. Again, some doing a better job than others. But, I, you know, what about those chains? You know, just because they say they have a gluten-free menu, do you just kick back and, you know, put your feet up and relax? No, you do not do that. <laughs> Please do not do that. Um, because just because it has a gluten-free menu, again, looking back to something like Domino's and California Pizza Kitchen did the same thing. They introduced a gluten-free pizza and they made no efforts to keep it gluten-free. Starting gluten-free and getting to the your, you know, your place setting in front of you gluten-free are two totally different things. You never let your guard down. You have to ask the questions every time you go to one of these restaurants. Even if they have a um, even if they have a gluten free menu and it's a chain restaurant, every single chain has different training exercises for their employees about how to actually maintain the gluten-free um, status of their menu items and how to serve customers who are gluten-free. And, you know, in restaurants, there's a lot of turnover. You know, there the servers, the line cooks, everybody changes quite frequently in restaurants. So you need to really stay on top of it and ask all the right questions. You have to ask, 
you know, what are they specifically doing with this dish that you are ordering on the gluten-free menu to make sure that it still comes to you gluten-free? Are they using a special plate to designate so everybody in the restaurant knows this is gluten-free? When I was in Italy recently, I loved this one restaurant that I ate at because every dish that I ordered or anyone else ordered at the table that was gluten-free came with a little um, toothpick sticking out of it with a, a country flag attached to it. And it was, you know, festive and fun. And if you didn't know, because you were a patron at another table, you just think, oh, they have something fun sticking out of their food. But everyone in the restaurant, you know, who worked there knows, oh, that means this is gluten-free. And that way there's no confusion about the fact that this dish needs to be prepared in a certain way. And so things like that are always really good to look for. And, you know, don't be shy. Obviously, if you can, if you have the luxury of calling ahead or visiting a restaurant before you go, you can ask all these questions when it's not busy season and, you know, there you call it 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon when they're getting ready for dinner and you have their attention and you can actually walk through the stuff. But if you don't and you show up and you're sitting there, you ask your wait staff. And, you know, the best thing to do is to actually ask for the manager. Oftentimes, I know like at P.F. Chang's, for example, when you say you want to have a gluten-free something-something, and you ask any question at all, the manager always comes. And I think that's a great sign because they want to make sure that the message is consistent and it gets back to the kitchen. The other thing you can do, you know, depending on the size of the restaurant, you can ask to talk to the chef. And they should take the opportunity to send somebody out to you. If the chef isn't available, then someone else who could actually, you know, allay your fears and talk you through what they're going to do to keep this dish gluten-free for you. Um, Another thing that you can look for in in restaurants is um, they're starting to have restaurants that are actually um, trained officially by various outside groups. And sometimes you'll see in the windows a sticker that says that they've been certified or something by these outside groups. Like um, Kitchens with Confidence is a really great one. Um, The Gluten Intolerance Group of North America also has training programs. There are others around the country. And you start looking for those, and you know not only have they been trained, but they've made a concerted effort to educate themselves and their staff about what is gluten-free. And so they're doing the very best that they can do to keep you safe. And that speaks volumes about their commitment to the community, their commitment to um, serving you well, but also to – to actually, you know, really being an active part of the community and not just dabbling in gluten-free. So I always try to patronize those restaurants that are doing a super good job by paying to, you know, get certified and get educated by these programs. Or, you know, the other thing, and it's funny, if you start asking questions, people will really open up about it. If there's someone on the staff or management who has taken a special, usually a personal interest in gluten-free, that is always a good sign because usually it means like one of the their family members is gluten-free or they're intimately familiar with it for something like that. Maybe they are. And they, they take a, a real personal interest in it and do above and beyond the average. And, you know, I think there's a – the Outback Steakhouse, for example, who has, you know, they've got their standardized gluten-free menu, but this one outlet near Atlanta has someone on staff who's just really, really, really excited about the gluten-free options that they're able to come up with and um, has a personal interest in it, and they've added menu items in this particular Outback to be gluten-free. And so, you know, you sort of ask a few questions, dig a little bit deeper, and you're going to find, oh, well, you know, the chef's wife or, you know, the owner's sister or whatever, and then you can feel much much more confident about eating there because this is not just something that they're doing to get um, money and to bring you know customers in. They're actually trying to um, serve people because they recognize the need and from a very personal level. 
I'm always suspicious if there's been no personal training and they don't seem to know much about celiac disease or gluten sensitivity. I mean, you know, I've I just got back from a trip to San Francisco and I ate at a, you know, organic kind of crunchy salad place and and it was all salads. And and I said, you know, I went through everything with them about which is ones were gluten-free and almost everything in the restaurant was gluten-free. Um and I ordered the salad, and I said, okay, I want to make sure everything's gluten-free, and there's there's no croutons, there's, you know, I don't want this salad dressing, I just want balsamic vinegar, you know, that kind of thing. And the salad came out to me with a huge piece of gluten-free, of, of French bread on it, not gluten-free. And, and you know, at that point, you go, okay, there's been a disconnect. And, you know, A, you don't take the, the bread off and eat the salad because it's been contaminated by the bread. I hope everyone out there is listening and knows that. But, B, you know, if they weren't thinking enough about not putting the bread on my salad, did they get the salad dressing wrong? Is there something else in my salad that perhaps has gluten in it? And, and C, you know, it's an opportunity for you to take it back and educate the people at the restaurant about what it is that has gluten in it, what they did wrong, how they could do it better. I mean, don't be snarky because we want them to do it right for, for you and for others. But it's an opportunity for you to say, hey, I ordered the gluten-free salad and you put a big piece of French bread on it. That's not going to work because that has now contaminated my salad. So I'm going to need a new salad and I want you to understand if people ask for gluten-free, you cannot be serving French bread on a, glu- on a gluten-free salad. Just, it can't happen. And so it's an opportunity to have that conversation and maybe make it safe for the next person behind you. I've um, gone to restaurants where I've been served supposedly gluten-free soup and it was really, really thick and I was suspicious because I don't do dairy and I thought, what did they use to thicken this? Bread. They used bread to thicken my gluten-free soup because there was no gluten in it. It was just bread. Uh, you know, the disconnect there when people don't understand what is gluten or gluten-free, they have had no training and they don't know about it personally, the disconnect can be huge. Um, I was served a cold salad once that was supposedly gluten-free and it was barley because they thought gluten-free meant just wheat. So again, you have to always, you know, use your eyes and your ears, think about it and go over things with people. And if you're in a situation where people don't seem to truly understand what gluten-free is, you're going to have to be highly suspicious of what they're turning out in their restaurant. The other thing that's very helpful to people when they're going out to eat is to download um, restaurant or cook cards. I have them for free on my website as well at blog.julesglutenfree.com. Just a little card explaining to the chef what your needs are that goes back to the kitchen and then comes back to you. I recommend laminating them so that you actually get them back instead of just handing them a piece of paper because oftentimes that gets lost in translation. And that is another way of saying this is serious. I'm not dabbling in gluten-free and neither should you. So, you know, I I would recommend to anybody who's listening um, now or later on the podcast to, again, go over to my Facebook page because there's just such an active conversation right now about it. And I'm going to try to pull some of their their suggestions out and put it as a – uh, static blog posting as well so that it will be easier to find. But I would highly recommend popping over there quickly to see it and you know maybe even putting in a city that you're interested in and see if people can chime in around the country about places that they really um, are, are very enthusiastic about because they're doing it right. And for all those places that are doing it right, please pat them on the back and give, you know, tell them what a great job they're doing. Tell everybody you know. Tell your CELAC support groups and, you know, Tell people on Facebook and other places that, you know, they need to understand that these people are doing a really good job and should be rewarded for it. But if they're not, you know, don't 
clam up about that because the only thing that's going to do is perpetuate the bad practices that these uh, restaurants are engaged in, often completely ignorantly. They're not trying to harm anyone. They're just ignorant about what's really involved in preparing a truly gluten-free meal. And everything I'm saying about gluten-free applies for other food allergies. Whatever your food allergy or restriction is, it must be conveyed clearly to everyone in that restaurant so that they can serve you a meal that is safe. There are very few restaurants that I've ever been in or been exposed to who are not interested in serving you a safe meal. I don't know any you know, restaurateur who is interested in seeing an ambulance in front of their restaurant that night from having contaminated someone with a peanut allergy. So the same thing goes for no matter what your food restriction is, whether it's gluten, egg, dairy, soy, peanuts, it doesn't matter. Those things have to be conveyed clearly. And when you do so and you find a restaurant that's good at it, Tell everybody you know, go on to these apps, go to Find Me Gluten-Free, Locate Special Diet, share your information with them so that they can log it in and, and others can then benefit from your information. And if they're not doing it right, please take the opportunity to educate them and explain what they did wrong and tell them that there are programs that, that are out there, training programs that they can invest in that would really turn that around and make them you know, educated enough to serve people with um, gluten and other food restrictions safely so that the next guest can be, you know, safe when they come to the restaurant. And, and that next guest could be you. So, you know, it's it's a community effort, and it's something that will obviously be growing and changing. And I just caution everyone that even if it says gluten-free, you still need to ask the questions. It would be lovely to, you know, have more and more restaurants that are totally dedicated gluten-free, but they are out there. A lot of them are listed on my Facebook page right now. Look for those, and then you can really kick back and relax, and it's a wonderful feeling. But in restaurants that are still you know, preparing foods with gluten, if you ask the right questions and you educate them and you're satisfied that they're doing things right, you can have a wonderful meal and a wonderful, enjoyable experience with your family and friends and enjoy a night out once in a while because everyone, everyone really does you know, deserve a treat once in a while. And I, don't, I hate to hear when people say they're just too afraid to go out ever because there really is a way if you educate yourself and you educate the restaurant to do it well. So enjoy, bon appetit, and please do chime in on my Facebook page and other places to share information. And I look forward to hearing more about wonderful restaurants opening all around the country that we can all eat at and enjoy. Good night. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.